0: Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Cat and Richard Bott. Hello
1: and welcome to the Veloce Podcast. Hello. So we're on episode 60.
0: 16. 16, okay.
1: yeah, we are. So, believe it or not, again, we're back. Um, so first of all, what we've been up to this week, Rich?
0: Well, we've, we've got excited. We, we've had a couple of um, podcast specials this oh. week that we have recorded, which has been really quite, really interesting, really good fun. And one extreme of motorsports or the other. When I mean extreme, I mean uh, an ex-retired racing driver, very famous one. Yeah. Uh, and somebody who's just starting off on the path of, uh, of car racing.
1: Yeah. So we've had Perry McCarthy on. So I think most people that. Probably watch or listen to this, probably know who he is, but he yes. was most famously known in more recent years of being the original stick. He was the man in the black suit, yeah, top gear. So he did it for two years um, and then decided to come out as such as the stick. Um, yeah, um, and it's a really interesting episode actually because he explains about his career, how desperate he was to get to Formula One, how he achieved it, um, but. Pretty extreme circumstances. One little yeah. gem I'll mention is he lost his house over it, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, yeah. And somehow came back from that. I've probably not really ever met anybody yet with that kind of gritty determination no. in, in a belief.
0: He's pretty driven, you can see that now. Yeah, absolutely. 60, whatever he is now. Yeah
1: and he's still got projects still going on he's got something forcing
0: his way forward isn't he
1: yeah that he's, he's going to announce um if you haven't read it he's got a book that has been out for quite a while now but it's flat out flat broke um but just really really funny mm. i mean you'll see when you watch um either watch on our youtube channel or you listen on the podcast just what a personality he is so yeah so yeah that was a real joy so that was enjoyable um, for, for us that. because uh you know he raced in an era where it was um you know damon hill johnny herbert michael schumacher he mentioned senna you know so yeah really really cool to, to listen to um and then as richard mentioned we had um just recently somebody called johnny edgar who yeah. is a rebel junior so yeah. on that program he's just doing fia formula three um so yeah he's right on the route basically to formula one his aim was obviously to be the next Max Verstappen, so we've got our fingers crossed, so we've touched on that. We're getting um, back on when
0: he's... When he's <laughs> yeah, when he's, when at, he's that, at F1. Yeah. When he's hey, won the well, Monaco oh, Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah
1: you never know. Um, and, yeah, we'll explain later about who else we've got coming on. But, yeah, so that's been a big part of our week. Um, away from that, I've been coaching in Wales, haven't I? Doing You've some You've been road. coaching in
0: Wales. Um, so, I've been running a motorbike. When yeah. I say running, that's a real loose term. All they do is put tie warmers on it and take them off. That's kind of... yeah.
1: No, <laughs> And you, and you had a <laughs> he chat... He did everything
0: else himself.
1: <laughs> you had a chat with but one I of your... I took the credit. Yeah, of course. You had a chat with one of your...
0: One of my heroes, John, yeah. John McGuinness.
1: Yeah, so he was there, whizzing yeah. around. How old is John McGuinness now, roughly?
0: Well, he must be... He's a little bit older than me, so 49.
1: Yeah, and he's still out there, still doing it. Yeah. He... Um, wants to go back and return to the TT doesn't he, yeah, so, so he sorry that anybody that doesn't know him yeah, he is a multiple um, <laughs> TT winner how many times has he won it? I
0: think he's won 25
1: yeah which is pretty astonishing yeah. I mean anybody who's not seen the TT whether you like motorsport or not it's something else isn't it it's very very special it, but yeah, so, yeah it is yeah so yeah um you've been doing that and yeah i've been coaching um i've been to castle Coombe, haven't i um uh, i was meant to be at anglesey but unfortunately during due to Covid um restrictions and things sadly i wasn't allowed to go to that but um no. things are easing let's say yes so we thought we'd mix it up a bit like last time so um yeah we are going to start with a new road car discussion um so we want to enter a little bit more road car stuff um driver tuition into this as well as obviously the motorsport side yes so um yeah well i thought
0: yeah well i thought we'd talk a little bit about the the um toyota GT86. now i know you're not a huge fan but i think you did a lot of stuff in the BRZ subaru yes and it was on track Yes. Yeah,
1: so the i i um was very fortunate to go to new orleans with subaru um, and launch the BRZ, which is basically is that it's isn't same it? Car, the, yeah. the yeah exactly same car. Um, but I admittedly didn't drive it on the road, so I drove it on a track. And being honest with you, on track that kind of car, um, well, it felt dog slow <laughs> really. But what bizarrely great handling, fun, loads of feedback, so brilliant in so many ways. But I think um, for me on circuit after used to driving faster machinery it it just needed a bit more oomph well i think
0: yeah well i think you've hit the nail on the head because i think Toyota and and Subaru's idea with this car was to go back to basics Mm -hmm. because you we talk about things like the like last time we on the podcast we talked about the 812 super fast Ferrari with nine million horsepower (laughs) and and you can't use those cars and the point with the GT86 was that it didn't have a lot of grip it uh, didn't have a lot of power, but mm-hmm. it was beautifully balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a lovely gearbox in and everything else. So on the road, you know, it, it, it worked really, really well.
1: Mm. So they've just released, haven't they? Yeah. Well, say sorry. That's that's a lie. They've not released it yet. They've started to announce.
0: Yeah, that's right. They've they've announced it. It's going to yeah. be called the GR eighty six. I think the super one's still called a BLZ. Yeah. But have called because all because it's Gazoo Racing is their racing department. It's like their M department. Mm.
1: Because um, Subaru and Toyota are connected, aren't they? Yes, yes. So hence why it's so yes. carbon. so it's, a, it's a Subaru
0: engine, isn't it? It's a boxer engine, out yeah. Of it. Subaru. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but there's very details are very sketchy. So it's a little, it's a tiny bit heavier, a little bit more. But it's a bit more powerful. But the I'm ingredients is bigger, the same. Is I don't think it is
1: massively. Oh, really? From what
0: pictures I've seen.
1: The only reason I say that is because cars are They mentally, generally get bigger, yeah, don't they? Yeah, getting bigger. But so for me, it's more power? Do you think?
0: A little bit, not hugely. Okay. You know, simply just very similar recipe. I think they've just updated it a little bit.
1: But the car it kind of reminds me of a little bit is the MX-5. Now I've been a massive fan of the MX-5 all my life. I think it's such a mega car, whether yeah. it's a race car or a road car. I think if you enjoy driving, and you're more on a budget like I am. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a mega car, and it's great for training. It's it's just, it's, yeah, it's a good all-round car. So to be fair, um, I think this car is kind of in that sort of would you say that sort oh, yeah,
0: of yeah it is yeah uh,
1: and i think league let's say it is it is
0: because the mx5 again cracking little thing to drive yeah
1: and
0: then you've got the alpine as well haven't you yeah the,
1: the, yeah yeah the, um the, which is it, kind
0: of, the a110 the a110 which yeah. was a car they, they, they had an a110 back in the sort of 60s mm. which was a little rear engine thing um they're quite a bit more money though the alpines oh uh, okay the, you're, you're into porsche territory a little, oh, little really? but, but it's a that yeah much? they are yeah yeah they're like 40, 50
1: grand. Oh, okay. Right, okay. So, similar style. But similar car, idea. Light,
0: yeah. not much grip, not huge amounts of power, but yeah. beautifully, built. you know, all the journalists rave about the A110. It's
1: yeah.
0: the same way they do about the GT86 as a road car, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's they're so rare, these cars yeah. now. Yeah, Everything's guess, heavy and slow and, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah, well, well, I don't know slow, about slow but, 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 but
0: powerful, Yeah. You know. Yeah,
1: well, it goes back to, um, oh, his name slipped my mind now. Um, You know the chap who built the McLaren F1? Oh,
0: Gordon Murray. Yeah, Yeah,
1: where he goes on and on about the importance of keeping it light. Yes. And cars, yes, are getting bigger and heavier, and we can get around that with electronics and more power and so on. But in some ways, you still can't defy physics. No. um, In the fact that... (laughs) You know with a nice light nimble car keeping it simple i suppose yeah well, is well, ultimately the best way to go if yes. you want that kind of performance i suppose well,
0: well his new car has got the same footprint as a boxster isn't it mm. it's tiny
1: exactly
0: you look at it in a picture and you think oh that will be the size of a transit van, like they always are and, it, yeah, and it's got it's the same size as a boxster yeah it's so, amazing, um, you
1: know? absolutely brilliant so, way of thing to do yeah, so it'd be really interesting to see this because, of course, times are changing and we're getting more electric. There is uh, talk, though. I know Porsche, and we've discussed this before about this synthetic fuel. Yeah. um Which I'll mention a little bit later, actually, because the Carrera Cutler running a a, a form of that. were, they? yeah, mixture of it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which we'll explain about later. Yeah, so so this re- anyway. So going back to the GR eighty six, that's yeah. going to be released what twenty twenty two?
0: They reckon, yeah.
1: Okay. So hopefully, we can get okay. hands on one and. Yeah, and, and test about. it out. Um, it would be lovely to do a road and track to see would, the yeah. difference. It and was. I know most people are driving these cars on the road, and that's the priority. But if you think MX5, you've never met MX5 National Championship, you have it worldwide, you know. Um, so it would be interesting to see yes Uh, really where that that goes so so yeah i think um you know for now that's kind of where our focus has been at for for new cars that are being announced let's say at the moment i know there's lots of new cars out there but let's say more driver focused cars well that's exactly (laughs) right well that's
0: why i thought i'd mention it because yes we could talk about mclarens and ferraris and porsches and all that kind of stuff but for for people (laughs) you haven't got
1: yeah as
0: much as there are some good drivers cars out there
1: well, my aim eventually is, you know, I'm going to have a, a, a GT3 sat on the driveway, manual. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at some point. But, yeah, so, um, absolutely. Okay, so moving on to the next section then, we thought we'd talk about driving. We normally put yes. that a little bit sort of later on in, in our episodes, but we've had actually a lot of people asking questions, um, very curious about, about driving techniques. Um, so we thought we'd bring that up a little bit earlier and talk about it yeah so, so what are we covering this week well, well again
0: this is dropped out the fact that we've started to work again and start to do some in-car coaching of, mm. of, of sort of common things that we come across when we're working with people and and people being a little bit behind the action if you like whether that's road or track uh, is a kind of common theme and how we try and help people to deal with that mm-hmm. so so getting yourself ahead of the car um, and trying to engender that sort of relaxed concentration that, that we look for. Mm-hmm. So just looking at some of the, some of the ways that we try and do that, and the symptoms and the, and the cure of that. Mm-hmm. Really. So you tend to find if things are rushing up to people uh, and, they're, and they're getting, they're falling over themselves and getting flustered. Again, whether it's road or track, you know, it's so on road. It can be they're not picking up on hazards or they're not seeing, um, they're not preparing themselves for corners mm-hmm. or or junctions, whatever it is they're coming to. Because they're behind the action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same on track when everything's all a little bit rushed and they're not getting the timing right and their inputs become a little bit harsh, a little mm-hmm. bit digital, it's because they're not getting in front of what's going so, on. So,
1: so how do you alter that though?
0: Well, I think the first thing for me really is is and again another thing that we talk about a lot is where are you looking?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have
0: a thing that you quite often say to people: where are you looking?
1: Yeah, I often ask people because I think um it's so inbuilt and subconscious it's actually really hard to answer um if you're being brutally honest with yourself um so it's one of the perhaps most simple things you can improve but actually also one of the hardest because it's so inbuilt isn't it so if you think for however long you've been driving if you've not been looking far enough ahead for that entire time yeah Um, actually it's really hard to suddenly change that And, and again it doesn't mean I think sometimes people misunderstand and think oh my god I need to look all the way up in the distance continuously it's not really like that you're just trying to gain as much information as early as you can um, so, you're glimpsing back and forth, and that's the same road and track. Of course, on the road, there is more information to gain, isn't more there? More complex, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot more going on. and Something I was talking about with a, a client of mine recently is looking at that information and, and, and tying that in. What clues can you get from that? Um, what could you prepare yourself for coming up? off of seeing i don't know um, in the distance uh, a church or whatever it might be it might mean there's a housing estate coming up a village and people or, or the bins are out, all sorts um, so it can be in that way or of course it can be road and track where it's more about preparation and being ahead of the car
0: yes and sort of creating time for yourself to deal with things so on so on, on again it works in both environments is concentrating on on the technique rather than trying to concentrate on for example on track going quicker um get, trying to get the technique right and get get the timing of what you're doing right that will create more time in the mm-hmm. same way exactly as you said then of getting people to look ahead and link what they're seeing mm-hmm. to what they're doing in the car so that they're getting further ahead of the action yeah. um you know slowing it all down a little bit and giving themselves time Yeah. i think quite often when when people are being coached um it's all new so their brain's working faster and they're working at a more conscious level than they would when they're normally driving so so that can be sometimes be part of it but essentially starting with the vision getting yourself ahead giving your brain chance to deal with things Mm -hmm. before they become a bigger problem
1: yeah and then of course and we've mentioned it on multiple uh podcasts but also we're doing Videos, we've recently actually just done a, a load, haven't we? Yeah, of linking these We're techniques together, together. Yeah. absolutely. Um, and you can isolate these techniques, whether it's road and track, uh, and, and, and focus on those and build it and build it and build it. And on the road, of course, that makes you ultimately a safer, smoother, better driver. Um, whether you want to drive obviously more spiritedly or not, it makes you a safer, better driver. And of course, the same on track ultimately isn't it its it is, um, right, yeah. you know all the same techniques try and isolate them individually don't chase speed but isolate these techniques and then start to merge them together mm. when it becomes more subconscious um, which is something we work a lot with clients um, it seems to work really really well whereas the common mistake is people especially on track of course is right I want to drive fast I want to be as fast as that guy over there mm. and just start to push um, but of course if the techniques aren't there then you're working incredibly hard, probably beyond what the car can do because you're not setting the car up right, um, and it's all not really quite fitting together. So and you think, um, well, I can't
0: go any faster because the car's at the limit, which it is.
1: Yeah. But at, you need because you need to change the way
0: that you're communicating with the car and the way you're doing things. To, Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: um, yeah, that's where setting the car up, and what we mean by that is you physically doing it, manipulating the car, um, setting the car up. You can then increase what the car is capable of. Um, hmm. so it's not as simple as I hear it all the time especially people on driving tours and things well I watch that guy go around that corner that quick so I know I can well technically not necessarily because <laughs> no. you don't know how he's set the car up to get the most out of the corner it's exactly the same on track it's like watching Lewis you know I'm sure Voucher would love to say well I know I can do exactly the same but actually doing it is another thing hmm. and understanding exactly you know, especially at that level to the detail of what he's doing and then yeah. being able to replicate that so yeah absolutely so I, I would just say to anybody who's trying to Im- improve obviously there's lots of videos that we've got on our YouTube channel there's things we've discussed obviously on the podcast but whatever it is at the moment you're trying to aim for try and focus on one thing at a time but make sure the backbone vision is always there yeah, all the time whilst you build these other things in together really so our next section then Motorsport, which uh, yeah. we could probably talk about forever.
0: <laughs> it was a bit of an epic weekend, really. We, we you know, it was a bit of some marathon TV sessions going on. Yeah,
1: well, um, a very special weekend for anybody who loves Formula One because it was the Monaco Grand Prix. Yes. Um, and I think that is probably the highlight on the calendar. Not always the most exciting of races to be fair because it's hard to overtake but i think um, the general build-up atmosphere the fact that so many drivers actually live there now as well yeah yeah it's
0: easy for them to go home
1: (laughs) yeah i I just think it's yeah it's one of those must must see on the calendar yes so um i suppose we should talk really perhaps about ferrari first yes
0: we go through the team so start with ferrari and it was funny really because they in the press conference I can't remember who mentioned this. A couple of people said, I think it might have been Martin Brundle, or I can't remember, David Croft, I can't remember, um, that, that both drivers had a real stock answer. Well, we're hoping to be the third best team, and we just want to do this. and this. But sneakily knowing that their car was unbelievable on, on slow corners.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, which, because the next race is also a street race. And again, yeah. normally one of the highlights of the year is the back, it was the next one, which is a street race. So, you know, Ferrari, you know, are they going to, But they were absolutely on fire at Monaco, Absolutely.
1: I mean, um, one thing I will mention uh, straight away is Sykes, really. I think, um, uh, for me, we all know, or hopefully we all know, Leclerc is probably one of the best of all time. Um, If you know his history of his junior ranks and what he's achieved, this is why Ferrari has signed him for such a long time. He's an incredible talent. Um, and unfortunately look what he did to Vettel um, You know, yeah. he, he as much as I love Sebastian Vettel he destroyed him mentally really um, so the science I have to admit personally wasn't on my radar quite in the way that he is now He uh, Milton Brunel said he was probably one of the most underestimated drivers in yeah. Formula 1 yeah. and he's come in and bang he's straight on the pace of Leclerc and there's none of this so I've got to learn and get around the car because apparently no. every car is really quite different it's like yeah, almost going to a different formula that's what he
0: said it's like changing category that's mm. what he said
1: so huge adjustments but um something lando norris said about him about science is that he has this ability to just drive around things which i think the true greats do yeah
0: um
1: and that i think he really showed that so it was a, it was a shame for ferrari wasn't it um because leclerc
0: yeah um, there was so much promise wasn't there
1: yeah the clerk got pole i'm sure for everybody that saw it um and then he stuffed a, it <laughs> yeah he stuffed it where they always stuff it which is what the exit they call? of the swimming pool swimming pool yeah, yeah. um so uh, there was this um theory or did he do it on purpose of course not you know he at the end of the day destroyed the front and ha- the rear had a really heavy impact well
0: we it? said as soon as it because of the way it slapped the back of the car into the wall we both said that's going to need a gearbox yeah because schumacher had done the same coming into casino square
1: yeah
0: and he'd hit soft barriers and and his gearbox was gone
1: yeah and so having
0: clattered into the guardrail yeah it was always going to need a gearbox but as a fact it was a drive shaft that broke i don't really understand that this
1: is the thing and i don't know we'll probably get more updates i suppose today but um, in fairness to Ferrari, because everybody was up in arms saying, "Why did they take the risk?" They said they wouldn't take the risk, and they have, and of course the gearbox. But a clerk straight away said it's not the gearbox, um, and then they came in, tested everything, and it was something on the on the rear left, which still could be connected to the crash, but it wasn't the gearbox. Because the other side of the car. Um. So yeah. So um. Some big investigation to do. So in fairness to Ferrari, actually wasn't quite. Is um how would you put it? People were being very uh, judgmental, yeah. I suppose, of 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 what they the decisions they have made. But to be fair to them, I actually think. There was some some harsh luck there. But off the back of that in qualifying, it did affect, of course, um, the pole laps for um, Valtteri Bottas. He was looking really, really strong, wasn't they he? They were
0: all on purples, weren't of they? Of course, they were all, Max just happened.
1: Yeah. But, of course, Sainz as well. Yeah, um, he was really quite angry, wasn't he, Sainz? Yeah, um, and not angry with a just frustrated that. He yeah, always goes well round yeah. there. And that's the thing is, it, Monaco seems to... Suit certain individuals, and mm. so nobody says it's, it really suits the, the stellar drivers, um, like uh, you know, Senna and, and so many. But on that note, interestingly, one of the most stellar drivers of all time, Hamilton, has never really quite chugged with the place.
0: No, he hasn't no. now.
1: In, in fairness, he's had two poles and a three wins, so you know, yeah. he certainly does he's certainly done better than most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's say that, but let's say on Hamilton's standards. Uh, qualifying P7 um, and really just kind of initially struggling in the race. Yeah. Um,
0: well, Mercedes just had a horrible weekend, didn't they, really? Yeah,
1: they did, unfortunately. Um, I mean, he actually, in fairness, in the race, he broke the race lap record, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, so, of course, the pace Which was wasn't far there. off his
0: qualifying time. It was properly quick Yeah. in the middle of a race.
1: Yeah, and of course, in the middle of a race, it's a totally different story. Yeah. So, so it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting to get his thoughts on why uh, he doesn't quite seem to gel with Monaco because yeah. you know a, a driver of his you know um, what would you call it caliber yeah caliber <laughs> um, you know it's it's for me um, it's just really interesting um, but one thing then on that note of course with Mercedes is Bottas how unlucky was Bottas I mean
0: when does that happen? so essentially, he came to the pits and, and the, 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 the wheel nut Cross-threaded and then shredded all the threads off the thing. When does that ever happen? I know. I just
1: feel like Bottas. And he wasn't going
0: to win, I don't think, but he got a certain place in the back, yeah. pretty much.
1: And, I ju- and he massively outperformed Hamilton. Now oh, I know. All weekend, artistically, yeah. I know he doesn't do that every weekend, but um, actually, um, Karun Chandok he he had an interesting point about Bottas, that um, he feels Bottas doesn't get enough credit because there aren't many people on this planet that can out qualify or outperform lewis hamilton no and okay Fouchery doesn't do it on every single occasion but he can do it that's the thing and Mm. quite often in in um in testing and then all the way up to q3 quite often he's ahead of him isn't he and lewis just has this ability when it's the ultimate pressure to pull something out of the bag yeah but um yeah so i i do think People need to be a bit fairer to battery that he is against at the moment the most established best driver in Formula one right at this moment in time but
0: it's just typically of his luck when there was a result on the cards
1: yeah all goes he, on. his
0: pole got knackered because of the
1: yeah. glitter
0: crash and then they shredded the front wheel yeah
1: just um, yeah very unlucky mm. so I, I suppose we should mention of course um, McLaren
0: yeah because talking about drivers who go well around Monaco mm. one of the piece almost as Monaco Specialist, but it's a bit of is Ricardo.
1: Yeah, and it's been a, a real shock. um I think mostly for him, <laughs> but for for all of us because we all know how good Ricardo is. Again, he's got a great pedigree. Look at him through the junior ranks. Yeah, and look at everything he's done in every single Formula One team up to now. He did push uh, Verstappen. He beat Verstappen at times. He went to Renault and. Pretty much destroyed Hulkenberg, Yeah. which is once he got into once, off, once he got
0: into his stride, you know, off he went.
1: Ab- absolutely, it yeah. was dominant with what, Ocon, yeah. um, you know, and it's it's just like something isn't right.
0: So, something's fundamentally not right there,
1: I think. And it almost makes me wonder, and I know this sounds daft because it's a Form One team, and surely it can't be. But you think, I mean, is the Tub cracked? Is there something to this? Because. I didn't expect um, Ricardo to come in and walk all over Norris because Norris no. is an unbelievable no. talent, but I did expect him to be closer. Not we're not talking like second here, you know, no. or more. You know, he actually got lapped yes, by Norris he did. in the race, which you know must be probably one of the most painful things you could have happen to you um, at, at that level.
0: But what? But what doesn't make sense? And this is the thing, Ricardo, because off the of mind, he's quicker. He was always quicker than Verstappen round there. Mm. Um, that he, so he knows how to drive Monaco, and he said mm. he would cross the line. That yeah, that was a good lap, and he'd be a second off Norris. Yeah. And he's like, and he, he, he can see he's like, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, um, bearing, I don't want to
0: say now. That's basically where he's at, isn't he? Yeah,
1: and I just think something's going to come out here. There's something more to it. I don't think you don't you don't forget how to drive. No. And Ricardo is unbelievably strong mentally. Um, you know, he isn't as, how do you put this as fragile as let's say uh, Vettel you know no. Vettel um, is an unbelievable world class driver but he's mentally a little bit fragile a bit more line franctuary in that sense um, I don't think that's the case for Ricardo. so uh, yeah well no. it'll be interesting to see on the note though of Vettel great Yeah, did well. he had a good weekend yeah so he finished fifth I mean he
0: drove really well Yeah, like fended off came out of the pits alongside Gasly didn't he and, yeah. and um, going up the hill yeah fended him off
1: yeah yeah i think we're seeing the old Vettel, and yeah. i think that's because i mean i say the old Vettel, vessel's always been the same but mentally his head dropped and this is something we talk about a lot isn't it is yeah. mental composure and it's something that isn't a big enough focus it's getting better in in former one but could be better within the junior ranks all the way up um dealing with this mental pressure
0: hmm. Yes, ab- yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, this weekend he was significantly quicker than Strong.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. And I think that shows the quality of what Vettel really is. Yeah. But we, we can't forget to mention Max, of course. Yeah. You know, Max
0: did everything, he? Yeah,
1: everything yeah. he needed to do. Cool, you know. collected. Absolutely. He was aggressive at the start because um, he didn't really get the great start. But he said he didn't feel it was anything of his doing or the car. It's just he was on the wrong side of the grid. And when they're racing, they spend less time on that side, so there's less rubber, so therefore yeah. um, harder to get away. Simple as that. But he shut the door on Valtteri. But, in you know, aggressive but fair. Yeah. It wasn't like Vautry, Vautry had to come out of the gas, but he wasn't alongside him or no, anything, so no. it was up to Vautry to give it up. Yeah, and from on. that point on, he managed it perfectly, didn't mm. he? And I think he's really starting to show his class now. Um, and if Red Bull can remain strong... Um, it would be nice to see a good fight between them and Mercedes wouldn't yeah, it would and, you? Yeah. and see it go down to the wire for a yeah. change yeah, I've, I have I've nothing against Mercedes at all um, but it'd just be nice, it's to, nice to see it of course it. For any of us as spectators and fans you just want to see it close right hmm. so yeah. really really brief look then at Formula 2 um, so Formula 2 obviously follows Formula 1 it doesn't follow every round but it was at Marco no no and I've got I've got a um, somebody that I'm a very very big fan of and I was in FIA Formula 3 um, is poor chair isn't it
0: yes and the interesting thing for me was um, meeting me or conversation we had with John Edgar, yeah the the Red Bull Junior about how hard it is now because they get no testing yeah then they get like half an hour to learn the track and yeah which I said that last year's FIA F3 Championship was a real strong one because mm. you had Piastra, you had Lawson, you, yeah. you know, and they've all come in to F2 and they're at the front of that now, yeah. you know. Uh, and Pou- chair
1: yeah, Theo Poucher. is
0: almost a standout,
1: yeah. He's only 17 years old, um, he did really, really well in FIA Formula 3. Over the year, he got stronger and stronger. Yeah, and he stronger. nearly nicked it at the end, didn't he? Yeah, um. And uh, he's French, he lives apparently only about half an hour from Monaco. He is so, calm, he, so he, he classes uh, Monaco as his home ground. Yeah. Um, so he qualified on pole for the main feature race by um, quite a
0: long way. Yeah,
1: it was quite astonishing actually. Um, because, you know, at that level, they're so, so good. Yeah. Even um, uh, John Eger was saying, wasn't he, when he did Formula 4, there was quite big gaps. Yeah. the pace and then he said in Formula 3 it's like well okay you know everybody Everybody's was unbelievably yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and of course you get to F2 it's even worse yeah <laughs> um, you know but we he did was, all the
0: chaff by that point
1: yeah he was he was astonishing wasn't he so he did an amazing, amazing pole lap he said he um, took his brain out and um <laughs> he is probably one of the most I wouldn't say most passionate but he shows his oh, passion Yeah, yeah. you can see he he's, loves it he's he, quite
0: emotional isn't yeah, he
1: yeah and I love seeing that because I feel like too many of the drivers aren't allowed to show their true emotions, and it's great to see somebody. I suppose a little bit like Danny Ricciardo, but in a very different way. But yeah. but that flamboyant kind of personality. Um, and then race two was uh, what it was a bit more tricky, wasn't it, because of the weather?
0: Yes. So well, so they've got this new format, Formula Two, haven't they, which I like. Mm. Um, I, I'm reading things on Twitter. Um, there's certain people who, who know the sport intimately, and I've got a lot of respect for. They don't like it yeah. because they don't understand how you've qualified twelfth, and now you're at the bottom pole. But I yeah. quite like it because there's no, you know, in the top twelve of a Formula Two race, there's no tuggers as we would yeah. say, is there? Yeah, they're all good.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Race absolutely. one was a bit of a. They kind of set off and finished in the order they set off in. Yeah. Race two though was a stonker Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah. In the wet, started off wet um
1: and lawson
0: uh oh, he drove brilliantly took so the, ev- over, did an overtake
1: which, yeah, which is, hard, <laughs> is hard at monaco that's for sure and to be honest he just managed the race perfectly he did but sadly got disqualified didn't he afterwards he did and it was for um starting on the wrong uh engine map i believe yeah there's some rules the you have to start
0: in map one of yeah. which doesn't mean anything to me but this stuff to start in map 1 and then change it and
1: he, let's say for example he started map 2 <laughs> it yeah. was something like that it was that and stupid it, it, I mean he didn't gain anything off the start um, you know he overtook Piastri later on it just seemed unbelievably harsh let's say um, to so take he, that victory yeah. away so he
0: lost his win um,
1: yeah especially at Monaco I know the rules are the rules but you think you know there's you could penalise him in a different way, I suppose. But, yeah. hey, you know, it happened. And then, of course, the feature race. So that's, like, the big So that was the one after
0: qualifying big, big on the... deal. So they did 70 um, laps on Saturday round there in yeah. the Two.
1: Exhausting, really.
0: Yeah. Um, and of no course, power steering. And,
1: of course, who showed how, how <laughs> great they were again. Preacher. Yeah. And he yeah, did just... Chair.
0: And there was a lot of virtual safety cars in yeah. that.
1: And, and he, he managed just pulled perfectly. the gap
0: every time. Bang, yeah. off he went. You know, yeah.
1: it was so I really... Very classy, a, sample a cyber junior yeah, yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens to him but I really have uh, high hopes for him I think um, and not just because of his driving ability but he's just be incredibly marketable and I think um, we need a bit of that we yes, need a bit of that really we do So um, one thing I just want to mention before we move on to IndyCar is the Super Cup. It was the first round round of the the Super Super Cup. Cup, Yeah. Um, just a couple of things really. So Larry Temvorra is back in it. So he won Super Cup last year. He's the reigning champion. And he also won the German Carrera Cup. Um, and last year he did some endurance races as well. Did Le Mans,
0: didn't he? Yeah. Because he did the Le Mans. He did the. The porsche race yeah and he did the 24 hours didn't he, oh, if you Remember, yeah. which he won that and then, he, oh, and then he's... <laughs> he's so
1: impressive as a driver so he's back again he was incredibly dominant no question he broke the lap record um massively impressive there was a lot of carnage uh in the race so it was uh red flagged wasn't it initially yeah, yeah. um but i won't go into all the details of that but it's it's definitely if you get a chance watch it <laughs> it's, yeah but it's actually for Super Cup race round Monaco where the cars say, Why it's hard to overtake. Actually, it was a really good race. It was. But one thing I wanted to mention was Harry King. So, yes. Harry King has won uh, the UK Carrera Cup, GB Career Cup. Um, he's doing that again this year, but he's also doing Super Cup. Um, and he qualified tenth and finished ninth, which was yeah. pretty amazing, really. Um, yeah, because that say, level.
0: The other person that stood out to me was Bockalatti. He was the other rookie. Yeah. Now he's got more experience than Harry King because he's done F two and yeah, um, and he's to race at Monaco. But he was he was he was bang on it, wasn't yeah,
1: he? Yeah, yeah. But bear in mind, Harry King doesn't know Monaco. You know? No. So oh, Harry, and
0: he's not. You know, he's he's you know he's done what Ginetta's and and Cup. That's all he's done. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, he's. Carts. I honestly think. He's incredibly special driver. And I know i have gone on about it, but he really is. So it'd be interesting to see him this see year how, see in, how that plays in out. Um, the GB Car Cup Yeah, yeah, yeah it's got, Camish.
0: He's got Camish. That could Which, be. Um, yeah, that could be worth watching. That, <laughs> that,
1: absolutely. So we'll move on to IndyCar then. Yeah, to, biggest
0: biggest motor race on the planet.
1: Yeah, it is. An, and apparently,
0: the biggest sporting event on, in the world since the start of the pandemic.
1: Oh, that right? Yeah, that's right
0: yeah they were saying it's one hundred thirty-five thousand people it's a capacity of, it's, it's the biggest stadium in the world yeah and the capacity is three hundred thousand, but um roger penske who owns it um has said 40 percent. so one hundred thirty-five thousand people are going to be there
1: that's yeah so that's cool yeah and i really really want to go see it live it's um i have to admit and i've said it before i watched in the car a lot as a kid and i sort of it obviously must have changed where it was being aired I lost touch, and now back in touch, and watch all the time. And for me, they are probably some of the most rounded drivers on the planet,
0: without doubt.
1: Because they have to do ovals, street circuits, race circuits, the lot, Um, and it's just so impressive. But you see how fast they are. So they're averaging like a hundred and sorry, two hundred and thirty something miles an hour. You know, pole
0: times are two hundred thirty one point six mile an hour average over four laps average,
1: yeah it's just
0: <laughs> not even one
1: amazing lap.
0: and the thing for me is that you know yes f1s the pinnacle yeah and there's huge amounts of talent bottled up trying to get in there mm. so some of it bursts sideways and ends up in America
1: absolutely and this is the thing I hate is and um, one thing I, and I, I know hates a strong word but when we watch the oh, drive you you, to yeah. survive uh, the f1 thing and um, was it will Buxton nothing against will at all but kept saying you know these are the best drivers in the world and i felt like saying no there's some of the some best off. drivers world yes. because not all get the opportunity to do for one yeah. but that does not mean they're any less of a driver no, no, and you see a lot of f1 drivers move over to Indycom and don't find it easy you know alonso first year he qualified in the top nine didn't yeah. he the first yeah. nine but he had an unfortunate situation, I know. But in the second year, didn't even qualify. For didn't it. qualify. You know, um, Grosjean has adapted really, really well. Um, but you know, it's just amazing what these drivers can do. But yeah, Pensky is a bit of a story, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So Penske if uh, those of you who don't know that, if you think about the biggest racing teams in the world, so people like Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes F1. Penske, you know, you've got in America, you've got people like Penske. You are massive. I mean, he's the, you know, one of the biggest organisations on the planet, and mind anything else as a company. Um, you've got Penske, you've got Chip Ganassi, you've got Andretti are the three big teams there, aren't they? Yeah. Um. So so, uh, Penske are a powerhouse mm. of, of motorsport generally. Um. You know, anybody who's got Penske dampers on their racing car, anybody that's watching, will know. You know, Penske using, but they just. It seems that their race pace was fine, Mm. relatively, but they 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 couldn't get the cars to run in qualifying.
1: Yeah, which is a real shame actually, because you know they were all doing so well in testing, weren't they? Yeah. And it all just went a bit wrong, you know. Um. So there's four main cars, isn't there? Yes. And there's one that's a partner Penske car. Yes. So that means it's run by another team, but supported by Penske. Yes. Which is
0: quite cool because it's a it's a it's all female team. Yes.
1: Yeah. Not quite all female yet, but
0: it's yeah. So. He start. It's owned by a, a lady called Beth Peretta. Uh, I think owned restaurants and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, so and they've got a female driver called Simona Dill Silvestro. Mm-hmm. He's she, a great. He's brilliant. He's done lots of IndyCar racing. She's quick on ovals and.
1: and she's actually a works Porsche driver. Yeah, so she's um, a good. Good driver. She's done a lot. She's very, very established.
0: So, and in the in the race practices, because they do so many miles down there, down there, she's bang on there with all the other Penske drivers. Yeah. But it turned out that you know, from what just listening to what the commentators say, it's so hard to prepare four cars identically or five cars identically. So you've got two of the Penske cars were in the show. Mm. Will Power, who's an Indy 500 winner and champion. Was out the bottom with with Simona.
1: Yeah, struggling basically, struggling, struggling to, to get qualify. In. Yeah, um, they both did achieve it. They got they, they
0: both scraped in, but and they both said their race cars are fine. They're not worried about the race. Yeah. They were just terrified they weren't going to get in the race.
1: Yeah, and it's it's, but that shows how important the car is for the five hundred. Yeah, you know, it basically these cars you need to be able to touch it with your, your finger now and it should roll and roll and roll yeah. and roll and roll no friction no nothing you know um, Sorry, all stripped out you yeah. know and um, stripped back they, and, and, and it's bizarre because you think well how can you be so good one year and not the next but i suppose a bit like form one not quite as extreme but it is evolving all the time isn't it yeah and teams find more tricks and, and ways to evolve yeah and you can end up on the back foot but yeah so they, they've got in haven't they yes um interestingly there's some older drivers in it that are doing incredibly well
0: well i think because on the face of it you think all we've got to do is keep your foot down and turn left Mm. but it's so hard and again listening to them you know how you prepare the tires
1: and basically you don't do that do you you're not just flat out no they're not (laughs)
0: and what line they use because they were saying about castor and Evans, how he takes a completely different line but it gets the speed out of the car so some of the older guys you know the experience because tony canaan who's standing in so you've got, there's a guy called Jimmy Johnson who we've mentioned before, who's a seven-time NASCAR champion, yeah. so he's a legend in American motor racing. And at the age of 48, he's decided he's going to go to IndyCars. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, because he wants to. It, so not? he's doing the normal tracks, the roads and the streets, and Tony is doing the ovals. Mm-hmm. Tony is a similar kind of age, I think he's 47, yeah. 48, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah, yeah I think
1: 47, and Castro Nevis is 45.
0: Yes, so like there that, you go, you know, so the old, older guys, and this, the amount of experience you need... Yeah. Indy, because Casper Nevis is, I think he pretty much thinks he's going to win it,
1: Yeah. Which will be but, the fourth time he wins what, it if he does. What I also love about this is we've got, and I've said it before, a bit obsessed with age. They've yes. got to be fifteen, sixteen. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with putting them in young, but you think you don't need to then retire at thirty, you know? And I, that's the thing that I, I dislike because it just proves it. How many drivers do we see in endurance racing? Or an IndyCar, whatever that, are established older drivers. Yet at the front, winning races, pushing all the time. I mean, well, Dixon, Dixon's on pole.
0: Yeah, exactly. How old is He's Dixon? forty. There yeah. you
1: go, and he's on pole. On how six, many? Six fourth, championships. Yeah. <laughs> fourth, fourth IndyCar pole. You know, yeah. been fastest all through practice. He's forty. Yeah. yeah. So point being, and these cars are unbelievably hard to drive. They're like old school Formula One cars, yeah, aren't they? They're very, yeah. very physical cars. So yeah, I think it just it's a real kind of proving point that great start them young, but it doesn't mean they need to be pushed out. Yeah. You know, too early on. You could have a very long successful career. Yes.
0: It. Because obviously, then uh, with the with the old guys, you've then got some of the young you've got three of the young guards in there you, yeah, the new, about the 20, new youth movement as they call it yeah because we were saying Tony Canaan's doing his 20th Indy 500 mm. and two cars in front of him um, the guys are 20 they're driving mm. the cars mm. <laughs> so like he said they were in diapers when he was doing his first Indy 500 well, no, that that's mean, how he gonna, described it yeah
1: that's kind of <laughs> mad is kinda isn't cool. it really well I
0: mean the young guys I mean like we say about um, Palau and VK um, like just just so brave mm. like um, VK knows and a didn't he in the practice a few months ago broke yeah. his finger mm. and then there he is again he's doing 231 mile an hour laps yeah. you, know, yeah. you know yeah proper
1: yeah a- absolutely <laughs> but it, it always reminds me of old school Formula one really yes you know it has uh, that danger which is actually just before we finish the topic Grosjean of course is doing IndyCar but he's not doing the ovals no. and um, which is understandable, Obviously, He almost got killed in F1, and you know, gosh how safe is Formula 1 now? Um, and I don't know if that's his decision, family decision, what, but he has sort of started say, like to say he like to do the 500, so you never know next year, <laughs> you yeah. might see him doing that as well. Hey? Because
0: the, the thing for me, and, and Grosjean will, well, will be the first one to back this up, don't let anybody kid you that the level's not as good as F1. Oh
1: a- absolutely, it's so frustrating. To, well you only get the odd tweets or something that people say that and anybody that really knows about the sport hmm. knows that's so not the case no, <laughs> you not know? at all so uh, anyway so our next little section then is our interactive section yeah. where we ask each other and ask everybody else at lessons and um, or watches um, so what's the question this week?
0: so our question this week then is if you could attend one major motorsport event what would it be and why over to you Oh,
1: it's <laughs> well, I must i'll just question. sit there <laughs> <laughs> um problem is i think we have had a similar question like this and i'm sure i've said the same place i'm trying to think of something different now so i know what i'm going to say so um for me it would actually be bathurst For the Aussie supercars. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, get that.
1: Um, because Bathurst is a track I've never driven. This is to watch, is it? Yes. So when you say attend, it's not driving. No. Oh. Okay. Well, still. Anyway, I'll still go with it. (laughs) Um, that it. Well, I've only ever driven it on a sim, but it looks cracking. I love the Aussie V8 supercars. I mean, gosh there's so many other motorsport forms that i'd love to cover but i just feel and fear it would be too much about motorsport without other things so yeah. we so we had to make some decisions on what we were covering didn't we but um yeah for me um i think because the class of of the quality of the it's a bit like i don't know their equivalent of uh, would you say uh british touring car but a a higher, well, it's a different level. continent,
0: so it's probably it's more like NASCAR in America, I okay. would say. Yeah, so it's bigger than BTCC. Oh
1: is. yeah, and and obviously big manufacturers in it. Yeah. And, you Full know, pros, not people. Yeah, money. yeah. It, <laughs> kind of, yeah. In other words, proper proper pros. Nothing gets BTCC no. all the way, but you know, proper pros. Um, and what I love is it's so close, um, so much overtaking, but it's really clean. Um, which is unusual let's say for those sort of cars you know if you do compare it to something like BTCC or something like that it's you know a bit of a smash fest and it's just I just love seeing quality racing I suppose Um, so yeah that that would be my answer what about you
0: well I mean the thing I I absolutely adore Goodwood so whether it's the Revival or the Festival of Speed but I've been so fortunate over my career to have been Hmm. uh, to both of those so that would be you know yeah, I'd, I'd go. I'd go to Good every time, but I suppose the one I've never been to, and it's always a bit of a surprise to you, is the Le Mans 24 Hours.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'd love to go to
1: that. Yeah. Well, hopefully you will be driving it instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your <laughs> first time there, honestly, that would that would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that What the better? hell I'm doing? <laughs> um, yeah. So next week then. Um, so is what the Indy 500 isn't it Indy
0: 500 next week
1: yeah so as you're saying biggest event look at that bad boy um, so that should some be really snacks
0: lined up for that yeah really interesting
1: <laughs> because we've actually got I won't mention who yet but we've got um, an IndyCar driver coming on the show yes after the 500 uh, so that's gonna be great and um, of course naturally i always have my fingers crossed for him anyway yes but even more so now because <laughs> um, i'm hoping my he's got t-shirt some. will be
0: a clue as to yeah um it is. <laughs> great
1: stories lined up so we've got him coming on the show um we've also got a very young carter who's coming up through the ranks oh yeah like really um, young yeah yeah really young lad but really driven and passionate um because that thing is you know we want to get people from all parts of the industry you know whether it's team bosses um up and coming drivers retired drivers current at the top of their game hmm. um fitness coaches actually we've got a fitness coach which we keep mentioning, but he is coming on um he's busy you know, yeah uh, but he is coming on uh, yeah so there's just to really give people an insight into the world of, you know not just of motorsport but the industry in general yeah yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so yeah so we, we've got all of that kind of coming up also we're going to be filming some more driving tips um i'm going to get an opportunity or we both are to do a little bit of driving a bit of drifting as well yeah um so we're going to try and record that and then you can uh, have a little watch um and yeah you can try and rate it out 10 yeah <laughs> see if uh, i'm any good or not i suppose <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so thanks so much for listening and um we, we
0: hope you join us next time Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.